All right, welcome back. We're going to go to part two of The Businessman. Listen and enjoy. You've got your, uh, you've got your business going. You've got a nice construction company. Uh, you're, you're building it up. And then uh, you got into the pipeline business for a while. Yeah, yeah. Good buddy, Justin Cheater from, from college. Had a, he wanted to get, same as me, like he really wanted to own his own business. And he was doing estimating for a large construction company. And his dad had got an offer. His dad was running a pipeline construction crew in central Iowa for Northern Natural Gas. And the manager of the location said, if you ever went into business for yourself, I'd, be, I'd love to have you working for us. I don't like the company you work for, but I love the work you do. And so Justin and I got together. I'm like, well, I can provide, Josh and I can provide a little capital, get things going. Um, Justin would do the estimating. His dad would run the work, and I'd run the back office. And uh, so we started that company around 2012 or 13. And uh, we worked with union fitters to do the welding. And um, it grew up pretty big. We got to like 40 employees in like the third year, second full year. And uh, it was the first time a company really took off for us. Yeah. I mean, it went well. Uh, yeah, it was it was a neat ride. And then, I mean, you guys did well, and you, you were able you split paths for whatever reason in the past and the future. And then uh, I think you then where to go from there once you transitioned out of yeah, that, that and was, get into your uh, next project. That was kind of a spooky time. It just we we just had different management styles, right? And they they just didn't mesh very well. Yeah. And uh, so we decided to, to part ways. Josh had been working on an opportunity to to buy PowerTech. And we still had the tree company at the time. And I'm like, all right, Josh, let's let's sell our position in the pipeline company, and then we could use those proceeds as a down payment for PowerTech. We really thought we had a good chance to get PowerTech bought. And so we sold the company. We sold our stake in the company on, like, December 24th. My first son was born on December 31st. And then within a few days of that, the owner of PowerTech said, I'm not going to sell you PowerTech. And I was like, oh, shit. That was a real down, like, the tree company was just, wasn't that big. Right. And we had, we had just invested in this office and some office staff, and it was all dependent on having more revenue, a bigger company to bring in and, and fill up the space. Um, and so it was all gone. Uh, that They had walked away from the table. And... Uh, that was a that was a tough period, and you had a little kid on the ground, and that was the first time I you know responsible for a family, and right. So that was a that was a tough stretch as a business owner. Um, but uh, I don't remember how much time passed, but a real key member of our team was able to get um, the owners of PowerTech back to the table, and and we were able to keep the negotiation going and ended up getting it bought later that year but there was a couple months stretch there where it was kind of real hit and miss a little stressful yeah a little stressful keeping her going uh, so one thing we skipped over in the meantime you brought up lincoln uh what about your lovely wife so yeah, Susie. you and Susie, how long you and Susie been together oh boy depends who you ask non-consecutive non-consecutive just... yeah uh we've we've been uh yeah. yeah, we've been fooling around since high school, and she she pursued me pretty aggressively. I like to say, but yeah, you're she a tells piece a, ass. I'm a piece of ass. Yeah, she tells a different story, but it's a big notch in the headboard. <laughs> <laughs> deep groove, yeah. deep groove. <laughs> right? <laughs> it is now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we were on and off for a long time, ten, twelve years, fifteen years. Took a Pretty good uh, ten year hiatus uh, yep. in the middle, and uh, I think it was you who uh, told her that I was going to marry the gal I was uh, living with at the time. I think I said you were having some feelings for her, yeah. Yeah, and that's the one that got her back to the ta- back to the negotiating table. Yeah, yeah. And You're so, welcome. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that that got her back. She called me up the next day. Hey, how you doing? And. Uh, uh, I was on the actually on the verge of breaking up with that with that gal and uh, that I was living with, and as soon as that relationship ended, Susie and I started dating again, and that was maybe seven, eight, nine years ago. I'm gonna interview you just one time. It's called the Wingman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I nice. would like to think so. <laughs> nice. Call me Goose. Uh, so, uh, Cody, I mean, by listening by now, all of you have figured out he's obviously a true romantic. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna to need to tell your engagement story because it's a fucking doozy. It's a good yeah. one when you were gonna get engaged. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the 
the one time that I really worked at being a good boyfriend, I was so focused on the business growing up that it was it was you. you might, Absolutely, he busted his ass. It's all I did. Sun up, right? sundown. Yep. No friends. It, it was the getting it going. I, I don't know. I was singularly focused, and then I was very fortunate that Susie gave me um, some time to figure some things out in terms of that. There's more important things than just the company, and she stuck with me um, through the dating years and. Uh, we go up to Canada, and uh, there's uh, she's got two sisters, so three bass girls, and there's a famous rock formation up there called the Three Sisters. There was some uh, Lake Louise has been in The Bachelor recently at the time, and she was a big Bachelor fan at the time. And so I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to see some really cool things. This would be a great place to get engaged. And so one day we go skiing, and I she's never skied before, so she goes to take ski lessons. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to take this time to go scout out the mountain and find the perfect spot to get engaged. And I go up the mountain and I find this lookout and it's a lookout over Lake Louise, which is like the main thing we came up there right. to see. So I'm like, this afternoon she's doing ski lessons. I'm going to take her up here. It's all blues. You know, yep. was it blues or greens, whatever the easier ones are. Yep. There was the easiest pass possible from the lift down. I'm like, okay, this is nice and safe. And here's a lookout at the place you've been waiting to see this whole time. And then I'm going to ask you to marry me on this Mountain. Yep. It's a beautiful place. All right. It really is gorgeous. I've seen the pictures. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So I go down there, and Susie is just finishing up her ski lessons, and it is Susie and nothing but first graders and under. You go ski them. Ladies. Yeah, sluts. <laughs> They're literally on a belt. Like, it's not even a ski lift. They just ride a belt up about a... Hundred feet and then come back down. She's still on one ski, like she hasn't put on a second ski yeah. yet. Having a tough go. And there's a 17 year old, you know, instructor instructor there sitting there listening to this conference. She comes down. She sees me. She comes over. And she's like, "I'm like Susie. I would love to take you up the mountain." And she's like, "I'm not ready." I'm like, "Well." Um, Just remember, French fries, pizza. Yeah, French, French fries, fries, pizza. I said, it's all green runs, super easy. I scouted it out already. It'll be super easy, but it's really pretty up there. I really want to take you there. And she's like, well, you're invading my personal space, and I don't appreciate it, and I'd like it if you would step back. <laughs> yep. And she's like, you can stay down here and ski with me. And that little 17-year-old dude looks at me. He's like, dude, no. <laughs> she's having a rough. <laughs> he's like, no, you. She's the bottom third of his first grade class. <laughs> she's not in the top percentile. <laughs> so I'm like, well, shit, this is kind of a bust. So I don't propose. She goes back to her lessons. I let her go. You look we at the girl next to her, like, hey, do you want to go out <laughs> the mountain? Go out the mountain? <laughs> <laughs> you're here 12 years. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> and so we go back to the place that night and the next day I'm, she bought me a backcountry snowmobile trip so I'm like sweet I gotta go do the snowmobile and she's like okay I'm a little more comfortable I'm gonna go skiing she says so I go on my snowmobile trip for the day I get back off the mountain on the snowmobile and I get on my phone and she has taken a picture from the lookout point of Lake Louise so saying, fair. this is the most beautiful place I have ever seen. Wow. She went up there by herself. Yes. And yeah. took a picture from the spot <laughs> I was going to propose to her at of the place I wanted to propose to her in front of. So where did you finally propose at? A uh, motel Jenny's. room. <laughs> She's on the toilet throwing up. I know you're drunk, but you want to get married and shit? It was in front of the Three Sisters Rock Formation. Our motel looked at that, so I took her out onto the deck, took one knee, and she's like, yes. And I got so nervous I couldn't talk. And then she said, yes. I'm like, all right. All right, all right. All right. That's, <laughs> and, a pretty, that's a pretty good story. Yeah. And Brad, what's your engagement story? Let's get deep into yeah, it. Yeah, let's go. Well, I shot a baby in her. Okay. Family stuff happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, she always... It wasn't real good, but... She went, it's it's a great story with a happy ending, I feel, but uh, she went down, she did get pregnant, uh, but she was down in Oklahoma with her mom and dad, and I realized then how much I missed her and Caden. I was like, God, I, I just can't be without these guys. I mean, both of them, absolutely, yeah, I love Caden, but I, I got to have her with me, and uh I was I drove down there the whole time thinking how excited I was. I'd already talked to her dad, and I knew that I had his permission to ask her. 
And I, I got down there, and I, I just got in the door, and I, I got down on one knee, and she was all <laughs> stressed and pissed off. She'd been nursing the baby all day and yeah. not not excited for anything. And uh, I'm like, hey, Jess, I, I got to marry you. Will you marry me? But yeah, I'll get up. <laughs> it was it wasn't just like that. But uh she was she was having a rough go. She was a new mom, first time mom, stressed out to beat hell because we live up here and her mom's five hundred miles away yeah. and I you know, I think that's what women want is their mom in times like that when they're trying to learn how to be a mom for the first time and right. all that stuff and and uh I, I wished I wished I would have put more thought into it to make something the romantic like Lake Eloise. But then then again, I didn't set myself up for disappointment where you were disappointed. So then again, it's a bright side. Yeah. Well, when he stood up after he asked her, he said, so is a blowjob too much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they'll watch the kid. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom's right here. Yeah. My my story was, I, was, I had a big elaborate plan. I was going to do it down. Shiloh and uh, Jess are friends from college, and yes. we always get together at Shiloh's parents' house. Yep. Uh, once a year. So I thought, that's where I'll pop the question. They're all of her family and friends will be there it'll be it'll be great so i buy the ring and it's in the house and we you know bought a house together at that point and i got super nervous like what if she says no this is you know if i ask then you know she says no well fuck what do i do mm. she's gonna be stuck with this mortgage payment it's gonna be a deal so i got i was super nervous and she's like this guy's acting really weird all of a sudden the the ring is in the house we're scheduled to go down to her parents' house that next week, and it was it was just super stressful on me, and I was just acting like a yep. complete ass apparently. So she sits me down. She's like, "If you're cheating on me, you got to let me know." And I'm like, "I'm not. I'm not cheating on you. You. It's the exact opposite. Just don't worry about it." She's like, "No." So she's really hammering me for details on what the hell, why I'm acting weird. And I was like, "You want to know why I act weird? Because I got pissed. I don't get pissed very often. No." So I, I was like, "You want to know?" And we had we hadn't remodeled the house yet, but when we first did you just throw it, the ring at her, like I almost did, I almost did. But we had this little I don't know entryway that came in. There was a bookshelf there, but the top came off, and she didn't know that the top came off. So that's where I hid the ring. So I walk over and I rip the fucking top off. So by her knowledge, I just fucking destroyed this thing. In <laughs> anger. <laughs> and I reach in, I grab the ring, and I hand it to her. I was like, I was going to ask you to marry me this weekend. And I was super nervous about it. That's why I was acting weird. And she's like, well, that's all you had to say. I was like, no, that's not all I had to say because then I ruined it right. before. Right. So then, yeah, so I asked her to marry me. Suppose she was sitting on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> like a gentleman would. Yeah, but you guys were always meant to be. You know, I just knew you from being in Brad's sphere and stuff. Yeah. But you guys were always really like nice Frank and Shiloh. It was clear. It's really nice. I'm blushing over here. Yeah. Can't tell because we were in this orange glow, but... <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was jaundice. Ah, <laughs> so there we go. Cool. So yeah. So we're up to um, that's getting married. Up, yeah, brings us up to getting married. So what's on your career bucket list? You you've got a good company going. You got good partners. Surround yourself with good people. What would you like to see your company? Spoiler alert, they did buy Power Tech. We didn't get power. Oh tech yeah, they bought. did get power tech. Yeah, yep. eight year journey to to get that done, and uh, we've just been just crazy, crazy fortunate. Um, so um, we've we've grown the company. We've been very fortunate to get to have really good people, and the company's really grown since we we've uh, uh, acquired it. Josh has done an amazing job, and the it's just a, a great team. Uh, power tech uh, slogan is is uh, power to solve um got the company in 2016 in 2019 josh and i started an initiative called the power to give and that's one of our proudest things we had a, one of our community committee meetings today and so as far as moving forward we've really shifted from kind of this growth go 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 mode to how can we give back right. and so it's enriching the lives of our employees giving them a better place to work um supporting their efforts whether it's personal or business goals and supporting that with, you know, um, helping get them to training classes and pay for training classes and giving them the time. We're going to have a big initiative this year to help get more employees on community uh, committees and boards and things like that to give back to the community. Um, we set aside uh, a percentage of our profits to give back each year to the community. So one of the core values, I want to involve our core values to be all about building community and both building community externally 
uh, to you know the community we live in, and then also internally, just kind of building more of a family community atmosphere in the business. It's not so transactional and and financially driven, but more about how what is the impact we're having. One of the ideas I'm playing around with is this this sentiment that you you develop a purpose with a business behind it. So we generate revenue and create jobs um, by providing a, a high quality electrical and generator service. But we use the proceeds from that to make our employees' lives, our clients' lives, and our community, people in our community's lives better. Right. And so that's – so from all the shit stories I've been sharing from when I was younger, effing <laughs> around, this is where we've evolved to and this is what we want to do right. moving forward. It's really impact. Um, one of the things we launched uh, for next year, we want to start an international give back component where we'll do some sort of, you know um, – either sponsor digging a well in Africa for some place that doesn't have clean water or helping develop schools in a third world country. So, the, you know, nice. just think of the impact you can have if some kid doesn't have schooling or some girl doesn't has to walk three hours a day to get water because that's the environment they live in and what how different their lives would be if they no longer had to spend six hours a day just getting clean water. Um, so how can we have a, an impact on our communities moving forward is really our efforts. Would you be able to try to work anything in with, say, people from these – not necessarily a third world country where somebody doesn't have as much opportunity as us bringing them over here maybe and giving them a job over here as a, a labor and starting out or something like that. Yeah, there's some there's some government programs. It really bothered me with some of the stuff around um, – Not to, I'm not taking a, a political side, but it was just there's a lot of jobs up here that aren't filled. Right. And there's a lot of very good, hardworking immigrants that just want to make a living for their family away from right. drugs and things like that. Right. And so I think it's a H-1B-1 visa program. I might be using the wrong acronym. If you out there, you can call in and give me the right one. But um, where you can, like, have seasonal jobs for them and they can come up legally and work right. and pay taxes and then go back in the off-season. Um, I know some, some companies in Omaha uh, we're friends with that are they're using programs like that. So there's there's different programs to legally bring people in. Uh and things like that. Right. So where, where do you think that would lead you in the long term, say, because you're just a little bit older than I am? Where, where does that lead you in the next 20 years before you retire? What, what do you want this company to do for you, or what can you do for your company in the next 20 years? Yeah, I really want to take uh, – it's it's aspirational, meaning something I want to become. And um, it, and I know Josh is very much in the same boat uh, uh, with me on this, and that is – we want to make a, a difference in the community, and we want to empower employees. We think that we can give our employees more and more power within the company. To, to We have very smart, intelligent, hardworking people that can make good decisions and do – I've basically worked myself out of a job, like hired people that can do the things that I used to be doing, but they do it better. I have people that specialize in this and this, and I was wearing too many hats. And then we now have specialists in each area, and then they're doing things that I used to do, but they're doing it better. And then that's giving me freedom to go out and pursue different things. And same with Josh. And so it really is just making – we want people to be like, I work at PowerTech, and I'm proud of that. Yep. And PowerTech donated this. And PowerTech helped build this. Uh, we just donated a city park to the city uh, over five years. You know, commitments like that. When we when we met with the city of Council Bluffs, it was like, where will, the, where will the park have the most impact? Where will it have the most kids in need? Um, we're donating some money to uh, – uh, was it early learning – program that Josh got us connected with over in the city that will help provide uh, cheap or no-cost preschool and daycare to kids and working moms and families. Council Blesses has a tremendous amount of people in the poverty line and kids, and there's really substantial numbers for kids that don't have preschool or don't start off on the right foot. There's You were uh, doing a talk on that, weren't you, for single mothers or something about that with the... Yeah, I'm working not, or working moms, whether it be single moms or working moms. Uh, yeah, there was a, a a talk at uh, Children's Square over in Council Bluffs. I'm on their board, and um, they do a lot of foster care. And uh, there's a big need in Council Bluffs in a lot of areas for um, uh, child care, and especially for low income families, it's very difficult to pay a thousand dollars, eight hundred dollars for a month, and make. You know, less than $20 an hour. It's very difficult to afford to go to work, and there's all these jobs that need filled at the same time. So um, one of the things we went over, uh, one of our people went and spoke to them about what, from an employer's perspective, what's so important. They were trying to get state, they were trying to get state funding to support more daycares so they could subsidize the cost. So for underprivileged families, they could go get afford daycare. So we spoke of that from an employer's perspective. PowerTech has done uh, quite a bit for 
the 100 block uh, in downtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Josh is leading a lot of those efforts, partner again, and he's really gotten involved with the city council bus since he's moved over uh, there the a few Park years County ago. the Park County Community Foundation, I believe, because Frank and I do a bit within the PCCF. Yeah. He's, he's really involved, 712 Initiative, uh, yep. and, and he's, he's, he's really, he's... His his passion is is genuine and authentic, and um, he's done a lot of work with those groups. He's doing a tremendous amount of work promoting the. He's always been really passionate about the trades programs, and right. you know I think there's times where it, it just doesn't get uh, as much credit as it deserves. People can earn a, a really good living. They get right. really good uh, compensation programs. You learn a real skill, tangible trade, and you do it, and your school is paid for. Right. And um, it's a really good program for a lot of people. And so he's really working hard to promote those kind of programs, do job shadows, speak at schools, um, talk with other employers, talk with Iowa Western. He's done some really neat things on that front, and I'm just very proud of him for that. Yeah, yeah, he seems to be a great partner. I mean, I've known him a majority of my adult life and uh, spent a lot of time with him. But, yeah, I really enjoyed his uh, initiative. That, like you say, he's taken to develop these programs into something more. Yeah, well, you know, Josh had a you know these beautiful girls that he had at a young age, and 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 um, he's worked so hard to provide for them, and and him and Callie raised two beautiful gals that are highly intelligent, but he came from very little in the beginning, and he never forgets that. And every year we give out stakes to all of our employees, and he just he says I always remember being 19 years old and not able to afford steak and protein things like that at that at that time when he was right out of school. And we just never want to lose that kind of where we came from kind of thing and always remember that and support our employees the best we can. So I remember sitting at the corral, the local establishment down here, and Josh and his brother were in there, and Josh was working two jobs. He's working electrical and at the feed yard. And he's in there with his teenage brother, and his brother ordered, like, chicken strips with a side of ranch. Well, the ranch was, like, 15 cents. And Josh looked at him and said, you motherfucker, they charge for that. It was every penny. Yeah. He meant it. (laughs) He was working hard. (laughs) Yeah, he was busting his ass. Absolutely. Yeah, he ate a box of crackers for lunch for years. Uh, Cheap ones. (laughs) (laughs) Not even even saltines. No, (laughs) not the good stuff. Get (laughs) that top shelf shit out of here. And, boy, he still managed to provide for his family and do a tremendous amount of investing with with what he made at that time because that is one part about the, the trades is you don't start out very high right um but the potential where you can get to within after you finish your training is really good but you got to fight through those first couple years and that's where a lot of those guys work multiple jobs and stuff to to get going so as an employer and i i only have a few employees but uh what what would you say to help make a business more attractive to employees that want to come what do you think is something that uh, an employer could do to make people want to come work for you, other than money, obviously. Yeah, I mean, that, there's certainly a big component there. But we really think, um, and this is a big shift for us that we're, that we're working through and on, but we're very confident in where we're going. And that's, I think people want to be part of something. They want to feel, you, you want to feel safe, like you're protected, like you have a place, because that's how you provide for your family. So you want to feel like there's some job security, that it's stable. Um, what is, I think, especially as the... Uh, younger and younger generations, I think there's more and more push towards what is this company about, and that's we've had people come and apply for us when we see they see what we're doing in the community, and we love that. We love it when someone calls us because we saw you give back to the city, or we saw you, you know, at yeah. this event. We want to be a part of that. So a sense that the company they work for stands for something, and something that they could be proud of. Um, I think that's important. Um, clearly, a, a strong benefits package. We we provide 100 percent. Uh, almost, I think, nearly 100% of their health care cost. Um, and a new one, this one, Josh got started through some of his community efforts. He got in with Iowa Western, actually working with Starlin. I think he got together with her through Iowa Western, and they found a, a program where they had funding from the state, and I, I believe the funding's from the state, and Iowa Western's facilitating, or Starlin's facilitating it. But essentially, any training programs that we send our employees to, they pay, they recoup, we get 70% of the cost back from the state, um, paying us to help train uh, employees. And we're even going to offer it beyond, we're hoping to even offer it beyond just work-related things personal passion we got to figure right. out the program around it but the idea is if if you want to do something brad and we can help you get there our hope is that you'll see value in that and and want to be loyal back to us say we were loyal to you right but it's leading with that right we need to be the leaders in that and do for you first so if you hire someone to be a receptionist and she wants to be an administrator 
she can maybe go take yep. or he go yep. maybe take college uh, classes on administration. So that's yeah. a that's a very cool program. Yeah, and uh, Josh found those kind of things, and he's bringing them back and promoting them. But yeah, uh, giving them a safe place to work, investing in them. Uh, one line that we love is that uh, someone will say, "Well, what if I put all this money in my employees and they leave?" And we're like, "Well," and the, the other line that people will say is, "Well, what if you don't and they stay?" And you've got a bunch of untrained people that yeah. nobody else wants. We want the people that everyone else wants. They're always going to have offers. So you've got to be competitive. You've got to – and we think – and it's so much more than comp. they got to right. feel like they're – I think they want to be part of something. They want to have a little ownership in yeah. what they're doing. I own this area. I'm yeah. responsible for this. They're responsible for it. They feel consequences for it. They feel rewards for it. Yeah. Yeah, they like all that. Yeah, and so we try to – we're trying to support that. And we're not perfect. We make as many mistakes as anybody, but our aspirations are good. Our intentions are good, and I think we're getting a little better at it every year. So, as far as the you guys, you guys recently, or probably not recently, now, but you guys had bought an old school uh, in Council Bluffs, and you guys redid that. That's now your your headquarters. Yep. Can you turn off the automatic lights that are in the the bottom section there? Because when you're going to sleep in that bottom section because you're going to go on Ragbra the next day, and you roll over and all the lights kick on because you rolled over and everybody's sleep is interrupted, it's, it's really kind of a shitty deal. Yeah, let's talk to one of our electricians about that. We just didn't set it up for residents like we should have. For bunkhousing. Now, bunk funny yeah. story, we owned the one across the right next to it is where we started. And it was completely run down. Uh, that's why we could afford it. And the guys that owned it before we did, they had two people renting from them. And they literally would, like, renting, like, to live there. And I know it's office space, but they just put uh, a couple mattresses down in two of the old offices. They ran a hose out of the kitchen into a lean-to. and just had a hose in the lean-to is how they showered. And they were just living there illegally. And so when we went down to buy it, it was just, a, it was a POS. And... Uh, we take it there. They didn't even bother to tell their tenants <laughs> that they were showing the space. <laughs> and so we get in there to show it, and this 70, comes out, balls out. 70 to 80-year-old guy <laughs> shuffles through the room. He goes, out the way. I got the shits. <laughs> <laughs> and so he shuffles through the room past us, goes use the restroom. We're still looking at this place. He comes back out afterwards. He's like, whoo. And he's like, <laughs> barely made it. Anyway, wanted to talk to you guys. I uh, was wondering after you buy the place and turn it back into an office if we could kind of keep the same arrangement going. <laughs> he's, in his, he's in his underwear. This is one instance where we cannot give back. We could not give back in that uh, illegal housing situation. But uh, I always remember that that story. He's like, no, wait, squatter's rights. <laughs> I got dibs. <laughs> he called dibs. So, so you, you guys have built this successful company. What uh, what are your goals before uh, before you retire? Where do you want to see the company when you're ready to to let it go? Um, we I would love to have it where the team is really able to run it um, with minimal involvement from like that. Um, They've, they've been empowered, they have the capability, which they have, and that they are running most of the day-to-day -day operations. Then our role then is predominantly investment and kind of a vision for the future, kind of providing the light of the, the direction for where we're going, and that our involvement is really strategic. Um, key relationships, key clients, uh, recruitment of key employees, uh, leading our give-back efforts, um, but really just providing the, the direction and stability for the organization with the team really running the operations. Um, that would be one of the dreams I would have of vision for where I'd love to see it go. Yeah, just see it stand alone. Yeah, that the, yeah, that we've, watch we've... Watch it run. Yeah, it's like I love to build things, but I can't build anything. I can't build a, an office. I can't build a building. I can't wire anything to yeah. save my life, but I can build... I've, I've had some success uh, with Josh and Justin and various partners building companies. And now it's just, can we just evolving that and doing it at a higher and higher level? Right. But there, I think... Is there any other companies you got your eye on that you're like, that could be a, a thing for the future? Um, something that we're doing, we started another entity called uh, Travail Holdings. And Super it's... Super Power Tech. Super Power Tech, yeah. And uh, we do our, we do some 
uh, investing with that. And uh, we've invested in other small companies that are strictly passive, done some real estate. Um, and I think that's kind of interesting. Um, one of the things I'd love to do as a, as a give back that I've had uh, my eye on for a while, we just don't have the financial wherewithal to do it yet, but I would love to get some money into a fund. And one of the things I'd love to do in the future is work with um, either minorities or just less fortunate people that are trying to get businesses off the ground yep. and almost have like a shark tank kind of feel to it, but it's really a nonprofit where they come in and make pitches to us and we're looking for real businesses, real ideas, but maybe they don't have the connections or the money to get it off the ground. And we could provide some coaching, some financial support and help them get off the ground, but from a, from a nonprofit perspective and i'd love to be able to give back It'd be good um, for a board of investors i can see yeah get yeah. some good business owners that we know to get together and they provide some guidance and support and it's all give back and then but i still think there's a reason to sort of run it like a business in a way that we don't a piece of the, that company for the investment we'd make and that go back but not go back for profit but go into the kitty to help more more other to help additional small businesses do the same thing yeah right and then that could be something that's sustainable, passed on. So there's there's things like that that give me passion, excitement, joy, and I love the strategy. I love business. I love putting the puzzle together, figuring out how to make it work, and it'd be a way to do that without being back in the day-to-day -day grind of running a business. Right. But then give these young kids that have the energy and all that gusto they used to have to go do it and support them um, in a constructive way. So It's, it's kind of got to be hard to find someone who – uh, I've known you for a very long time, and you've always been a worker. It's always, what do I got to do to be successful? And it's got to be hard to find someone who has that same drive. Well, yeah, you don't want to find too many of those. <laughs> Nobody wants more Cody's. Uh, you want... You know, uh, we're seeing more and more the value of more balance in life. You know, you guys as kids are, you know, I've known you guys a long time, Brad, for a few minutes. And, uh, you know, Brad, I just recently came to the revelation of, if you remember, we were pouring the back half of Max's shop. Yep. And I'm like, it's fucking go time. Like, yep. <laughs> you know, I was working five to ten. Right. Yep. <laughs> and it and uh, and you wanted to stop for lunch and go home to your to Kate. I think it was just Caden at the time. We had and, Marshall. Did you have both of them? Yep. And you sent me a picture of one of the boys. When oh, I'm sorry. Not when we I'm just pretty sure it was. Yeah, just just Caden then. Yes. Yeah, you had just moved into runs uh, Grandma Norma's. Yep. And uh, and you sent me a picture at eating lunch with Caden, and you're like, "This is why I went home. This is what I'm about." Yep. And you I just like, <laughs> loser. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> and so you know, I got where I'm at. And I'm very fortunate, and I've got this great partner and this great company and all these amazing people. And so I don't regret what right. I did because it got me here, but it no longer serves me a purpose. And now I want to evolve and learn from those past mistakes yeah. and live a more balanced life. And I'm very fortunate. I wouldn't say there were mistakes. It was, yeah, just, I, it was something we each way. learned from because yeah, I, I learned, I've learned a lot them. from you. And well, yeah, Cody's always been a goer, and it's been how many years since I helped on the Harvest Crew? Oh, yeah, we've talked about that. <laughs> so... Uh, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, Frank was Cody. one of the few volunteers that got fired from Harvest. Oh, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> shit can after day one. And Thanks what to was, you. <laughs> was, Thanks to me. Yes. It was a mutual, it was a mutual firing. But, <laughs> but what it was is we were, we were harvesting. This isn't working out, Frank. Uh, <laughs> this is not. It's not you. It's me. You know what? I think it's both of us. <laughs> I think it's both. Well, you had came to, to run the combine that uh, that evening. Brad had to, to go home and do some family things, and you were running the combine. I was in the grain wagon. I'd, I'd, we were doing wet corn for keist. They dumped off in a wagon, and I've hauled it to the bin and dumped it in the bin before a million times. I knew how to do that. I'd never unload it on the fly. Plus, I had to weave through all of the woods in the world by Stephen Shop, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Plus, I got lost at yep. one point. Well, we won't get into that. But I get down there, and you're on the radio the whole time. Where the fuck is Frank? Get the fuck, where the fuck is this lazy asshole? And I'm like trying to weave through. I'm like, I don't want to hurt this. He's going, he's going this two. tractor's worth like eight years of my salary. And I'm trying to get through. And we get it. And you're like, we're going. <laughs> we're going. My hands were so sweaty. I, oh, it was the, the worst time of my life. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard him tell it eight or nine times with Tom Robinson and, and all these people. But it's always the same thing. He was really nervous not to fuck it up because, where the fuck are you? 
<laughs> and then I have to, I just going and like Brad had trained me is like we harvest it like three or four miles an hour. Yeah. Cody's like, we're hitting eight. <laughs> Fuck everything you've ever learned. We are getting this field done. In the sun. <laughs> I'm running over rows trying to get to it. <laughs> Fuck this corn. We got to get to Cody. <laughs> Do you remember that night? Nope. His opportunity. Just, his, just his another opportunity. Tuesday. Like, so there I was with the worst fucking grain cart operator. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so speaking, you're talking, Cody. So four years ago we went to Wyoming, was it, for vacation? Around there, yeah. Three or four. Our families all went to Wyoming. So my mom and dad, my three kids, Cody and his one son at the time, um, and we're up in Wyoming, and Justin and I had Brooklyn and Marshall sleeping with us, so we took the downstairs, so it had the full complex where we could spread all the kids out and stuff, and then Cody had his, Lincoln was probably three, maybe four, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. and so Cody's upstairs, and so we go out, and we're on vacation, and at four o'clock in the morning, Captain Nisano here decides he wants to start working out and running the Tash Compactor. And so he's doing jumping jacks and running the trash compactor at four in the morning right above our bed. Our, <laughs> our ceiling fan is shaking above our bed. Here's Cody doing jumping jacks at four in the morning. This is great. I love vacationing with these guys. Tomorrow night, Cody gets to the basement. <laughs> Son of a bitch. With all the kids. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I never hated working out so much. Hasn't done it this day. Yeah. <laughs> out of spite, out of spite. I'm going to eat Twinkies out of spite. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm 400 pounds. <laughs> yeah. But I don't wake anybody up doing jumping jacks. No. <laughs> no. Imagine no if you did, you'd wake yeah. everybody up. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, 3.2 <laughs> in Macedonia. We've got reports of major vault movement. <laughs> vault line movement. <laughs> Frostline is now 68 inches underground. <laughs> so, Frank, we passed over your uh, your first question or your question of their first job. Oh, the yeah. What was the what was the first job, Cody? You had that you had to pay taxes on. First job Still I had to pay taxes on. Yeah. <laughs> or Uncle Sam's got to make a profit first, boys. <laughs> they can't catch you if you've never started. <laughs> God, I want to say the first. I well, Dad paid us outside of the farm was probably Russ's washing, washing, oh, yeah. uh, cleaning hog houses. Uh, yeah, that's a tough gig. That was a shit job. Actually, it was actually a shit job. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You no, know, that was till two in the morning after school. With a remember, he just had like that half inch thick rubber mat and a garden hose yep. around your neck. And that fucker weighed like 50 pounds and just hanging off your neck. And he'd be in there for like seven hours to wash out a sow unit. And Yeah, I, I remember I got out of wrestling practice one night. I was like 12 years old. He didn't want to wrestle. <laughs> he was just, I'll wrestle. And he's so like, hey, you, you want to come wash some hog houses tonight? And like, well, it's freezing rain. Oh, it's nice and warm in the hog buildings. Okay, so I, <laughs> I, I got my four wheeler. I had this nineteen eighty seven Players two stroke. I rode over. It was like six miles to his house. Rode it over there in the freezing rain. And my goggles were freezing up. Wash hog houses till like ten thirty at night. And then, oh, all right, here you go. And I get back on my four wheeler. It was froze solid, and I'm froze solid riding home. And <laughs> smelled took, like shit. Took my goggles off because I couldn't see through them because they were froze solid. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of froze solid stuff, and uh, but I took my goggles off and just ice pelt me in the face and put her in the ditch and oh, it was. It was, it was day. But hey, got my forty bucks. Yeah, well that minus was... taxes. <laughs> yeah, Thirty six twenty five. <laughs> oh, I... but yeah, we both watched a lot of hog houses over there. Yeah, that thank was God he didn't have his job. big operation yet. Yeah, that'd have been. No bueno. So, that, yeah, Frank got his tax question in. Uh, we got the bucket list question. What about retirement? What do you think your golden years bring for you and Suze? Where do you think you want to end up? You want to live on the beach somewhere up in the mountains? What do you think you guys want? Well, you'll still be at uh, preschool graduation by then. Yeah, I'll still be at preschool graduation for retirement. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh, we got to mention Cody just just had one. Yeah, Susie really, did all the work. Yeah, Susie. Well, not all of it. I gave her a few minutes, but. Man, he put his time in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Susie's been just an awesome wife and awesome mom. And uh, Lincoln's seven. He's, he's reading doing, from a script. Yeah, he's doing yeah. great. Yeah, there's all the things she 
Ask me to say about her. And uh, super smart, <laughs> super smart, great boobs. She's really good in blue. Runs fast. <laughs> she can lift upwards of eighty-five pounds. <laughs> so strong, so strong. <laughs> She's my rock. And uh, so we had Renly in our 40s. <laughs> and so our little baby girl, Renly's just uh, turned four months, and she's been a real uh, blessing. Like, like way into their 40s. Like well into our 40s. We had a, uh, we had, uh, we had Renly. You know what causes that, don't you? Yeah, what is it? I'm just fucking around. <laughs> so. I better quit that right now. Yeah, that's enough of that. Yeah. Tell me no more fucking around in our house. Um but at our age, it's kind of took care of itself. But <laughs> uh, yeah, she's been a, she's just been awesome. We didn't know what kind of you know you never know what kind of baby you're gonna have, and yeah. and uh, she turned out to be a suit, just a sweetheart. So she's been beautiful. Well, Frank's only got girls. I got two boys and a girl. Um, I did realize real quick, you got to go deep to get the boys, Frank. Yeah. Just heads up. Yeah. But uh, on um, on the other side, guy. the girls. But Frank, as you will attest, the girls are different. You're just a little bit softer with them. You just, they take a little bit more coddling. I don't know. I've never had boys, so I didn't have any comparison. Yeah, but I. I, At times there's like, I might be a fucking. Yeah, but most of your wives are significantly tougher than you. Oh, yeah. 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 Ooh, coming out with hot. (laughs) We're speaking truth tonight. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, well, you don't look good in blue. Got him. <laughs> Gator don't play no shit. <laughs> so, so, Sorry, honey. <laughs> no, but uh, no, I I did. I mean, you always hear about uh, father's daughter and all that stuff. But I mean, Frank, that's the only connection you felt, which is a great one. Don't want to discredit it. Uh, but I'm. But if you'd gone a little deeper, you'd have some boys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Quit fucking your balls off. Sorry. <laughs> no, but I. Uh, I mean, I because I do spend more time coddling. But of course, it's because she's my youngest. But uh, I spend more time sitting with her in the recliner and watching TV. Or like last night, she wanted to wrestle, and the little little fucker fish hooked me. <laughs> so I got her back, and I won that round. Yeah. But I had. I had 190 pounds on her. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I had my time to shine. She was 100 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's been eating good. But <laughs> <laughs> no, the, there is a, and you probably tested this too. I mean, do, do you feel a little bit different reality? Oh, it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, just because Lincoln's running around being an asshole and being six. Well, yeah, and... they're tougher, but I don't know. I think there's just this. Uh... Is he six? Right. Seven. Oh, he's um, he's up there. Uncle of the year. Yeah, uncle of the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there was. A, what are my this, kids' names? I'm working on it. This, but there's this sense of like, uh, you want him to be like a boy. You want him to be tough. You got to deal with this. You got to handle the real world. You're gonna. Yeah. You're gonna be disappointed. You're gonna. Things are gonna be hard. And I was like, this, this no nonsense. Like, this is how life's gonna be. I wanted to take that too early, and I'm, I'm pulling back on that. Like, hey, just let him be a kid, and yeah. he doesn't need to get a job till he's like, you know, eight. Need <laughs> <laughs> to start pulling his weight around there. How do you uh, earn the But then with the uh, the girl, it was very much just like protection. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna protect you. I don't want you to ever get yeah. hurt. And and uh, and that's and that's not right either because you know they they're. Just as bright, just as you know, and they're they're uh, want her to go out and do her own thing, and I don't want her to be somebody's princess. I want her to be whoever she wants to be and make her own way and uh, be able to stand for herself and independent and strong willed and intelligent. And uh, so I want to make sure I don't coddle too much, just find a good balance, right? Yeah. Just be a good parent, a good leader, and uh, teach them the tools they need to so be this, good people. This is one we hadn't touched on too much. So, in my, my house, our house. There's a big battle of one parent's too soft, the other one's too hard on the kids. Is that you being too soft? And that she means you're Well, I'm penis? 40 now. It's it's just just how it is. It reminds us this episode is brought to you by Hims. <laughs> For Hims, I Tune in. I need to get my discount reference. Uh, uh, one more, we all go. Yep. For your Lint, discount. Lint Brad. There's a note around here. Brad. <laughs> just an old Brad. Do what Brad does. <laughs> 
Hey, why don't you get in here, big dog? Don't be a Brad tonight. Yes, <laughs> 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 <Guess> assholes. <laughs> so, but anyway, we're we're having a moment we there. Were in fact, they mm-hmm. totally brought it up. <laughs> I can't remember where we were. Well, you were soft. Soft. Some parents are soft. Some parents oh, yeah. are hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in each household, which one of you is too soft on the kids? Which one is too hard on them? Who's in there beating a the shell? And everyone's like, hey, maybe you shouldn't hit him with the belt. I, I, I think in our house, it's, it's, it's probably a little balanced. Uh, the thing that really gets me is that the girls don't tell Like, I'll they'll get home from school, and I've got two hours with them when they get out of school before Shiloh gets home. Yep. So it's just... Us and the girls. You're talking to bad mouth mom. Like, hey, like, did you hear what your mom said about you? Well, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly what we spend the time doing. Uh, but I'll I'll sincerely ask, hey, how was your day? What happened with your day? Oh, nothing. It was a good day. I'm okay. Uh, in fact, today I asked Retta, how was your day? She's like, it was good. You know, not not a lot happened. Shallow gets home and she starts going into this girl drama of what happened with uh, some girl in class, and I'm like. I asked you exactly the same thing your mom did, and you did—you didn't tell me any of that shit. In her defense, Shiloh had really good explanation on how to deal with that thing, and I'm like, just tell her that her parents are getting divorced. Yeah, that's my. I'm like, mm. just make up shit. Go nuclear. Tell her she's adopted. Yeah, it's not my fault you were adopted. You're being a bitch right now. Nobody loves you. Yeah. So I think they they do a pretty good balance of getting their advice from their mother. <laughs> uh, Frank, what I heard you say was that the the girls really balance getting, um, you know, uh, asking and getting information from your mom with not getting information from yeah, you. Yeah, that's and they kind of balance that they balance out. it out. Like, we'll tell Dad that he looks good today. <laughs> he looks good in blue. Yeah, you look good in blue, Dad. And then, hey, Mom, what do I do with this math homework? Yeah. yeah. Well, Frank, you guys are such a good example of, you know, earlier we were talking about like this, this, no, this, <laughs> this shifting mindset in the company of we, we hit a few goals over the years and it was just like, all right, this, there's no fulfillment that comes from hitting a financial target. You can get a win, you can, you know, achieve a goal, but there's no personal satisfaction. You come home and I'm going to be a better person, a better father. And what you guys have is a very loving household. And that is something to be extremely proud of. Yeah, thank you. And, and uh, you guys have been excelled at that from day one. You just you're just fun to be around. Fun I need couple. To have your you kids like every are great. Week here, Cody, because yeah. they pick me up. You can record this, play around. I thought this yeah. was just us. Yeah. <laughs> so everything is recorded this house. <laughs> this mic's all over. All over. <laughs> so I don't know. Do we? Oh, I haven't touched on your household yet. So who's who's the hard ass in the old? Four Star Ranch West. Yeah, Susie's Susie's a little softer hand, and I'd be the little, little, little sterner yeah. hand. Yeah, I bet Renly really gets an ass whooping. Yeah, say, is that going to change? As <laughs> yeah, the kids that, get I older? think so. I think that will. I think that'll swap. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So when Cody and Susie had Lincoln, they're like, all right, he only gets three <laughs> teaspoons of sugar per day, and he gets. <laughs> Six minutes of screen time, and so Jess and her babysitting, and we sent him a picture wearing uh, powdered donuts as rings, and he's playing the iPad with him, like, look like how much fun he's having. He's all jacked up on Mountain Dew. And he's uh, like, I don't know if that's appropriate. And the next time we see him, like, it is much easier to watch him when he's on his iPad. <laughs> but, no, it, it is way different with your second child versus your first child, and then your third child. Uh and Jess is the seventh. I don't even know if she knew her dad. <laughs> yeah. Not the one that she knows. <laughs> right. Yeah, Sandy, did you shoot another one out of there? Holy buckets. I've been gone in prison for a year. <laughs> <laughs> KR, I hope you're listening. <laughs> Jake will tell him. Jake. Yeah, Jake will play for him. That son of a bitch. Yeah, we got to get a name drop on Jake every episode. Yeah, that every son of episode. a bitch. He's still five foot four. Fuck. <laughs> if, if he hopes. So, so what's on your bucket list for retirement? What do you, what do you want to do when you retire? Do you think you guys go live in the mountains somewhere? You want to be off the grid? You want to be in a big city, an island, live on um, a boat? I think we'll live pretty simply, like in terms of a you know a smaller house. I want I really like this idea of uh, uh, experiences. Uh, yep. I want to experience the world, and so you know. Do a little, hopefully we're fortunate enough to be able to do a little travel um, and really kind of get into places. You know, go someplace for a month here, a month there, and do that around the world and really kind of dive in 
not resorts, just getting a little house in a place and just kind of get to know the area and then kind of do like that. Like Des Moines Cedar Rapids? Des Moines Cedar Rapids, Dream Big, KC. Yeah. You really get out Glenwood? there. Glenwood? No, it's on the bucket list. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the, it's in the 10 year plan. Yeah. Creek yeah. Brewery. So do, yeah. you, do you guys prefer, say, mountainous oceans? What, what's kind of your go to destinations? I love hanging out in the mountains in the, in the summer, do a yeah. little razor ride and a little hiking. Yeah. Um, I can see you do a retirement village like our old man does and do a little riding all day. He's super happy down there. I, I, uh, very happy for him, very proud of him. And, um, it just seemed to have found their, their people, yeah, their group that they really jive with. Well, uh, it's naked pickleball is what really brought them together. Yeah. Uh, naked pickleball is really a big thing now with these old folks and uh, they love it. Well, when you're that age, your balls are dragging on the courts. And you, maybe yeah. you get a pickle, maybe you get a ball. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 Can't imagine. He's like, ah, that's a good he actually thinks he's playing pickleball. He's just in his room playing with himself. <laughs> I'm just trying to plug my phone in. Oh, damn it. Deb's like, not in the kitchen. <laughs> the kitchen is part of a pickleball court. That's why it's funny. Cody's just cracking up over there. <laughs> uh, Hold on, the been... kitchen's a place on the pickleball court? Yeah, there's two ends <laughs> right across the net, and you can't hit the ball into the kitchen. You have to hit it past the kitchen into the I thought he was just playing with his balls in the kitchen. He just played with his balls. <laughs> 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 uh, I can't explain the nuances of pickleball in one episode. <laughs> well... Frank, are we are we getting to the to we're, the wind down? We're getting to the wind down, I think. So another two parter. Is it already? Yeah, forty minutes. Gosh darn it! So, so this brings us to our closing argument. So, if there's anything you want to put out there for all the people listening, the fourteen hundred people in Belgium, wish they're there. But on the uh, flip side, India. on the flip side, one more we all go in Belgianese translates to angry dog fuckers. So that's where we get our following in Belgium. But if you're talking to those people, um, what would you want your words of wisdom to be for your closing statement? Well, I think we hit most of it, boys. But uh, I really think there there's something to this idea of, of servant leadership, of, of kind of giving selflessly. You guys both volunteer a lot. You do so much with the rodeo and things here local in the community. I just think there's so much to giving selflessly without any expectation of return. And um, if we all, <laughs> it's kind of a, an idea of peace. You can see how soft I'm getting in my older age, but kind of if we could all do a little better about just seeking to understand each other, if I ever get crossed with Frank, I call Frank and Frank, what's going on here? Let's figure this out yeah. instead of just getting pissed off at each other. So seeking to understand the other person and the other side of arguments and just all trying to get along a little better. And then that whole kind of self, let's just give and to give. Yeah.